0: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to CIV. You guys want to come on and find your seats. And welcome to everyone who is uh, joining us online as well. It's good to see you all this morning. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up, and we have a lot to be thankful for. So let's go ahead and uh, sing, to, sing to the God who's given us all that.
1: I raise a hallelujah I watch the darkness flee I raise a hallelujah In the middle of the mystery Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the king is alive, single alive. have
2: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Church in the Valley. Uh, we're just so glad that you're here with us, whether online or here this morning. And so, welcome, welcome. Uh, my name is Jonathan Rickert. In case you don't know me, I lead the Sunday service teams here at Church in the Valley and just want to let you know about some of the things we have going on this morning. Uh, first of all, if you need a listening guide, so uh, lyrics to the songs or a listening guide to the message, you can find that online at civalhambra.com slash Sundays. Sunday. Singular, not Sunday, Saint Sunday, or you can also pick up a hard copy over here at the table. Um, And so again, you can use that for sermon notes. We also have our connection card on there. So I really encourage you to look at that. Now, if you're a guest this morning, we really want to thank you uh, for joining us and really want to welcome you with a, a gift just to thank you. It's a book called How Good is Good Enough? And you can go ahead and pick a copy of that up at the table. Now, in case you haven't seen, go ahead and come on up. We are doing something a little bit special this morning. We are going to pray over the Christmas boxes. Come on up, kids. So something that we've been doing together as a church is putting together Samaritan Purse Christmas boxes. And these are boxes that are sent all over the world to kids who don't otherwise get Christmas presents. And it's an opportunity for these kids to both get a present as well as to hear the gospel of Christ. And so what we want to do this morning with all these kids here is we want to pray over the boxes um, as they go out around the world. So if you could go ahead and join me this morning, let's go ahead and pray over all of these boxes. God, I just thank you so much for the heart of so many people to put together these gifts to send out lord i thank you for all that you've given us you've given us so much lord may we use those things to bless others and we pray specifically for all the christmas boxes going out from here from civ and that you would really just use those to bless the kids around the world that they would just get a sense of your love that you deeply and truly care for them we pray that as they hear the gospel that it would really make sense to them and that they would choose to follow you with their lives, that they would put away other traditions and other things that are are distracting them from you and that they would really just have a heart towards you. Again, we just pray that you would help them to see your love for them, God. And so we pray for a blessing over all of these boxes. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you guys very much. And now we are going to go ahead and have another song of worship by Eric and the band. Thank you.
0: Uh, So yeah, Thanksgiving is coming up and we don't really have Thanksgiving carols, which is unfortunate, I guess. For those of you who are already on Christmas, don't worry, we have a Christmas song coming later. Um, but this is a song just of, of thanks to God for uh, what he's done for us and for saving us. Thank you, God, for saving me. <clears throat>
1: To life My heart is yours My soul is free Thank you God For saving me Thank you God For saving me Thank you God Thank you God For saving me Thank you God Thank you God So... Oh.
0: true, that there is nothing we can do to save ourselves, but you've already done it for us. So thank you, Lord, so much for saving us. Thank you so much for the grace you've given to us. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for, and that's all from you. Everything's from you, Lord. So we praise you this morning. We thank you so much in your son's name. Amen. All right, y'all can have a seat, and we're going to welcome up Rick.
3: Thank you, Eric, and worship team. I enjoyed that so much. That song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, uh, appears early in my uh, journey of coming to faith. When I was coming to Christ uh, years ago, I remember walking home from church at night. I, I started going to church backwards. I, I went to the night time before I went to the daytime. And I remember walking home singing that song. And I remember doing kind of a self-check. What is wrong with me? Why am I singing this song? It was strange. It was new to me. And I thought, something's going to happen. Oh, sorry. Um, I didn't know if you were going to put more tape on my ear or anything like that. So, (laughs) Look at this. A full service team. Awesome. Thank you so much. that's one of the reasons I love coming to this place. There's always good fellowship and a lot of talent. So thanks for being here. It's good to see you face to face. Let me, I know we've prayed some. Could, could we have a prayer? Uh, because what we're going to look at is the impact of gratitude that it has on you and those that are around you. So let's pray together. Lord, we've been singing praise to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling the angels to shush because you're listening to us sing. Lord, we know that you love us so much. Um, You don't care if we've got the best voice or not. Um, You just love our voice because you love us. So hear our prayer now, Lord. Please open, may your spirit come upon us in a powerful way that your word might be opened and call us to life. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I have, uh, my sister's the oldest and two younger brothers. So we three brothers growing up often faced judgment from my mother. Uh, She would line us up. She would sit on the edge of the bathtub and then ask us what we did and why we did it and those kinds of things. And I remember she was always trying to teach us things. But one of the things she was always trying to teach us was to say thank you. Um, You know, gratitude... It's, it's more than what we think. Um, I discovered that at um, University of California, Berkeley, in their educational psychology department, somebody wrote a big grant. And it was funded partly because it involved a number of universities to study the science of gratitude. And they post on their website a number of conclusions about the impact, the power of gratitude. So I just want to read a couple of these to you. Grateful people add up to seven years to their lives, have 10% less stress-related illnesses, are more physically fit, and have 12% lower blood pressure by being grateful. Um, Oh, you'll like this one. They make 7% more income. So be grateful and get a raise. What about teenagers? Grateful teenagers are 20% more likely to make good grades. Get your GPA up. 10%... uh, Excuse me. 10 times less likely to start smoking. And 13% less likely to get into fights. Grateful. The power of grateful people. But, you know, as I... you know i I love science i like psychology i love all that uh so many times though the, the discoveries that science is making have been just waiting for us in the scripture all along you know god knows what we are and cares about and speaks to us in that way so there's a wonderful story in luke chapter 17 verse 11 it's only six verses um but you know, I have a PhD. You know what a PhD you can do? You can take six verses and turn it into six hours, you know? So now I'm not going to do that today, but I love this story. While traveling to Jerusalem, uh, he, that is Jesus, passed between Samaria and Galilee. So Galilee is a little bit in the north, not very big, and you're heading towards Jerusalem, and you, you follow the roads and so forth, and, and then there's Samaria, which was uh, sort of a Hostility between uh, the Jewish people and the Samaritans, who are a imported, sort of deported people group that the Assyrians relocated, and they intermarried, um, and so everybody looked down on each other between the Jews and the Samaritans. Uh, so, as he entered a village, ten men with serious skin diseases met him. Now, usually the translation. Is leprosy, but in those days, leprosy was sort of a general uh, diagnosis for anybody with skin disease. And you know, there's a there's a lot of things that can go wrong with your skin. That's your largest, you know, organ in your body. Uh, but as in our day today, uh, infectious disease control was a big issue. If you read the book of Leviticus, it was specific instructions from God because he's going to move the children of Israel out of Egypt into Palestine, and they're going to settle in places where there are new diseases. So infectious disease control was assigned to the Levitical priests, and that's why those laws are there uh, to to bring uh, good health. Now, leprosy is the kind of misery that likes company. So it's not too surprising that there were 10 of these people together. Uh, Because according to infectious disease control, you have to social distance. And so they couldn't come up to people to ask for help. They couldn't come up, they had to yell. They had to call out to people. They had to keep distance from the village. And so that's what's happening here. They cry out, "Um, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now how do they know Jesus' name? You know, I think maybe, uh, you know, my ears just must be weird. They just throw these, uh, this thing off, so sorry. I'll, I'm going to stand pretty still today, and, and I'm going to get some better duct tape. Anyway, um, the, I think people that can heal leprosy, people that can raise the dead, they get talked about, they get known, and maybe the sense was, Jesus is coming, and now there he is. And so they all cry out in chorus together, sort of like our praise band. Jesus, have mercy on us. That was the cry, have mercy on us. And in this, it says, and um, Jesus does. When he saw them, he told them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now that uh, to us is very strange, but remember, the priests were the infectious disease control officers uh, for the nation. I remember one time, this was back in, I'm going to give away my age. Back in the 80s when HIV AIDS broke out. And I remember talking to the infectious disease control officer at Kaiser Hospital. And I said, you know, you have the same job Moses had. Her eyebrows go up like this. Because, you know, I was trying to get some information for her. I wanted to borrow her notebook on HIV AIDS and, and treatment and all of that stuff. And so she gave me lots of information. But Moses was for the children of Israel, the infectious disease control officer, whatever the top top rank was, so that they could stay healthy, so they could stay um, out of infection. Now, he says to them, go and show yourselves to the priests." Now, if you know anything, if it was leprosy, um, it causes the degeneration of the nerve endings in the fingers and the toes and the nose and the ears And you can lose them So if you've ever seen pictures of persons who suffered from this illness They may have loss of fingers, loss of toes, loss of nose, loss of ears And Jesus says to them, go show yourselves to the priest Okay, now How fast would you move if nothing had happened yet? You know, go show yourself to the priest Which is to say, you're going to be healed and, well, nothing's happened yet. Shall I start going? Shall I start moving? Or take off running for the priest? But anyway, the next verse is probably the most important one. It says, while they were going, they were healed. Now, I don't know how that works exactly. You know, maybe you're, you're running and your foot comes forward and all of a sudden you've got your big toe back. And all of a sudden you've got your nose back. And imagine the joy of these people as they're running to the priest, life comes back into them. You know, I think people with leprosy and Hansen's disease, uh, melanoma, uh, I think they feel like their skin has become their casket. They're, they're getting enclosed in death. And to be broken out, you know, break out of that, must just have been awesome. Uh, if you Google this, especially guys online, you've got your computers on already, there's some beautiful paintings of this, of these ten men and women running to the priests and just being healed, being whole. While they were going, they were healed. Now, if you're here today, and maybe you've heard about that the Lord heals, or if you obey the Lord, there's a blessing in that. There's some relationship between obedience and God's doing a work in your life, between obedience and faith. There's no joy in faith apart from obedience. Joy in faith, you know, infuses us. But um, maybe you're here and you're not going to take a step towards obedience until you get the healing. You know what I mean? Maybe you're one of those in the 10 who's saying, I'm not moving until I see my fingers come back. So there's, your life is not marked by obedience You're just waiting. And nothing's happened. All I'm suggesting is in the obedience comes the healing in this story. Maybe that's your story too. You just haven't taken the first step. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Old song goes like that. So, go back to the text. As they were going, they were healed. One of them, seeing that he was healed, returned And with a loud voice, gave glory to God. He put on the brakes and made a U-turn. He fell face down on his feet, thanking the Lord. And he was a Samaritan. And he was a Samaritan. Now, underline those words, because that's going to be important in just a second. But I wish one of you would paint this picture, or sculpt this picture, of this guy laying face down in the dirt, with his hands on Jesus' ankles, And all you can see is this puff of dust come up as he says, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I've always thought about having a sculpture like that where you could grab onto the ankles of Jesus yourself, you know what I mean? And just kind of experience that. Uh, When you go into um, uh, the Vatican and you go into St. Peter's Cathedral and you can go up to i think it's peter might be paul but you, you can go up to the statue there and you can grab onto his hand his, not his hands his feet and if you look some of the toes are missing because so many people have grabbed onto it and the shiny stuff is worn off and i would love to see what would happen if people had a chance to grab onto jesus ankles um and say thank you now, you or me and you can say thank you anytime now it says he was a Samaritan. Okay, so we don't know this for sure, but at least one of the 10 wasn't Jewish. So let's just assume nine of the 10 were Jewish. So they're, they're running to meet a Jewish priest and they're gonna say, look at my skin. Look at my face, look at my nose. Pull my ear, it's back, I'm back. Please say the words that restore me to community. Now probably for this group, or online, some of you have heard those, those wonderful words from the doctor or from the nurse to say, you're COVID free. You can go back. You can go back to work. You can go back to church. That's the words they wanted to hear. Well, can a Samaritan go to a Jewish priest and hear those words? I don't think so. So he says, okay. He's running with the crowd and realizes... I'm healed too. But I can't go to a Jewish priest and get back into community. So he puts on the brakes. Well, I think there's another thing here that Jesus comments on. Were there not ten? Where are the other nine? He's the only one that comes back and says, thank you. Um, so the, he comes back. He, the only priest he's really got is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is his high priest he's going to say thank you to him now uh, this may sound I don't know religious or magical to you Um, but the meaning of this is if you will practice saying Jesus thank you to Jesus amazing things will happen in your life Um, that's, that's the real biblical science of of gratitude, um, try it and see what you think. Um, so let's 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 go a little bit further uh, into this. Uh, a couple of things biblically here is to be grateful. First, you have to realize something's happened in your life. The second thing is that it didn't come from you; it came from the outside, and that's what all ten of them realized. Something wonderful is going on, even as we're doing what Jesus said to do. We're experiencing healing and it's not coming from us. It's coming from the outside. It's coming from the Lord. God wants to do things in our lives. He wants to do things in your life. He wants to touch your life. Jesus um, makes grateful people um, when he touches our lives. Uh, my, um, My wife's grandmother... She was about four and a half foot tall, not very tall. And in her latter years, uh, she, her sight was um, hindered with some cataracts. Her ears were, couldn't really hear, and she couldn't get around very well. But she always went to church. Now, she has, you know, <laughs> three or four skyscraper, rough, tough sons. And finally, one day, they just say, Mom, why do you go to church? You can hardly get around you can't see the preacher you can't hear what he says why do you go to church and she was quiet for a minute and she said well sons I want the devil to know whose side I'm on so I will say to you you may not be listening to me you may not hear me but you're voting we know whose side you're on you're on the Lord's side and he's taking names so good for you um Part of what makes us grateful is just the verses in Scripture. Eight times it says, Never will I leave you or forsake you. We have a high priest who doesn't leave or forsake, he stays close. Now, let's go back to the science of gratitude. Um, in this study, and they went to a number of universities, 300 students had presented themselves to um, the healthcare system at the university because they were oppressed by anxiety and depression. And, and everybody here knows what that's like. When you're in a secure case, you know, situation of anxiety um, or depression, it's hard to function. And it's definitely impossible to function at a high level because you just are not up to it. And so uh, these 300 students agreed to be in this study um, and they were divided up into three groups. You know, 100 of them, here was their assignment. They were to think of people that they were grateful to and write them a letter. They didn't even have to mail it. Just pick out people and every week, I want you to write a thank you letter. Second group, their job was to keep a journal of their anxious feelings and their depression. And the third group, they were the control group. They didn't have to do anything. Now I wish a stand up comedian would talk about that control group. What do they say to the control group? We don't care if you do anything. We don't want anything to happen to you. You're just the test to prove the other ones are really getting the help. I wouldn't like that. I think I would quit. Keep your five bucks or whatever it is. I don't want to do that. Um, I I think the Lord, he doesn't have any control groups. He wants to work in all our lives, count us all into the study. Anyway, uh, after the months of this study had passed, they came up with these conclusions. Gratitude. By the way, they didn't have to mail those thank you notes, okay? That's up to them. Gratitude can unshackle us from toxic emotions like anxiety and depression. Gratitude is powerful. Second, gratitude helps even if you don't share those letters. Third, the benefits of gratitude take time. But they gather momentum and keep growing and going. Gratitude has lasting effects on our brain. Brain scans showed increased activity in the part of the brain where decision-making and learning occur. Did you get that? Where decision-making and learning occur. You know what that means? IQ, excuse me, gratitude raises your IQ. Write that on your hand or something. Gratitude raises your IQ. So if you meet somebody who's ungrateful today, say, you know, you seem to be suffering from low IQ today. Why don't you say thank you to some people and raise your IQ, okay? Now, let's go back to scripture. Let's move out of, you know, undergraduate. Let's go to graduate school of gratitude, advanced gratitude. As we learn how to be thankful, You ready for this, outside the box. I think most people know pretty well how to be thankful when everything's going good for you. You're inside the box. But if things are not going well for you, do you know how to be thankful then? Do you know how to find gratitude then? I think that's a pretty important skill set, but most people never get there. Now I'm gonna tell you a quick little story, not to make you feel sorry for me. Um, But on Friday, we started a kitchen renovation project at the beginning of this week, and um, On Friday, I found out a mistake that I shared in, in the cabinet design, what it was going to cost. You know, it's five inches off on the left side and two inches off on this wall. I did not know it would cost me $1,000 an inch. Um, And I could just feel... (laughs) The fumes coming off the top of my head for at least 30 minutes. And then I thought, you know what? In this kitchen innovation project, you know, so I'm practicing the skills of gratitude. It, I know there's, how am I going to talk to you today? If poof, there went all my Thanksgiving, right? You know, for a $6,000 extra bill, I lose my faith. I don't think so. So Lord, how am I going to get this back so I can talk to you guys with some integrity? And uh, I thought, well, first, I have gone from a three-bathroom house with a kitchen to a one-bathroom house that is also the kitchen because we're in renovation. I made my coffee this morning on my workbench in the garage. Okay, I thought, Lord, don't you feel sorry for me? And then he reminded me, there's lots of people. They don't have any of that, period. I have friends in Tanzania uh, these two ladies, they live in a wood hut. They don't have electricity. They don't have any bathrooms. They don't have running water. And they are happy people in the Lord. They share joy with us when my family came and visited them at their invitation. Um, okay, so get get beyond that. It's just also for a season. I know this is going to end in you know three weeks, four weeks, six weeks. It's going to end. Um, and God's going to provide what I need to pay that off. Anyway, and it doesn't have anything to do with me losing my walk with God with my salvation. I will never leave you or forsake you, Jesus said. His promise is good. His promise is good. Um, So, (laughs) I I won't won't tell you the other part of the story okay I will (laughs) so I'm running this project you know I'm supposed to be working for a living you know but I'm running this project and my wife got rear-ended so I'm also trying to get her car repaired and um, that's not really going well Um, my wife's car is all apart at the auto body shop and the insurance companies are not okaying it and Ah, it's going very, very, very slow. And I need it, well anyway, it goes on and on. So, I'm in the middle of a five circus and I'm in charge, and it's not going that well. <laughs> but I feel joy. You know, part of the reason I come to CIV is because of you, your faces, your faces, your joy. Those kids coming up, I took a video I'm gonna watch that all week of those kids coming up. We come to church because the Lord's Spirit here is in a unique and wonderful way. That first song that was sung this morning, hallelujah, hallelujah, that's the, the Yah is Yahweh. Halle means to praise. Praise you the Lord. We sing Hebrew this morning. We lift it up uh, to see the Lord. Okay. So in First Thessalonians five sixteen to eighteen, it says this. First Thessalonians five sixteen to eighteen. Rejoice always. I'm glad it says, rejoy, rejoy, rejoy. Joy with the Lord has free refills. Rejoy, always. Pray continually. Give thanks. And then there's these three awful words. Give thanks. Does anybody know what those three words are? In all circumstances. In all, if those three words weren't there, we would never learn how to be grateful outside the box. That's when you go to graduate school for gratitude. In all circumstances. That's what he's called us to that's what He has empowered us to do. God never asks us to do something that He won't provide the power for. Um, so have you lost your attitude of gratitude? Uh, Peter says in first, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge um, and to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, God. There's a whole list of supplements. To my faith that I can add on. Um, Mutual affection and a mutual love. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. Forgetting they've been cleansed from their past sins. So there's that spiritual training process and we're we're saved by grace through faith but we're called in the holy spirit to add to that faith to grow it to be in measure and stature and favor with god and men Uh, so here's some final truths about the power of gratitude gratitude grows as you and i reflect on christ's death and loss for us what god has done for us on the cross We discover the power in Christ's shed blood. Our sins are forgiven. All sins are forgiven. I'm made right with the living God. I'm his child. Discipline grows as we see the good things in life as gifts from God, not entitlements. The more you and I think in terms of entitlements, the more difficult it is to find gratitude in the situations and circumstances but if those are gifts it's a whole different shooting match uh, in terms of that Um, mental gratitude grows as we slow down to smell the roses now I've I've been reading the gospels closely for almost 50 years and whenever I read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John I always note Jesus was never in a hurry. Have you noticed that? Okay, he's got three years to save the world. But he's not in a hurry. How come? You know, it probably bugged the disciples that Jesus loved kids. And he always stopped to smell the roses and to smell the kids. To bless the kids. Um, He seems to be in a different time zone. He's on the Father's time. I've got the time to do what God wants and to enjoy things. You remember when that woman put the, the perfume on his feet and people were bugged because they knew that smell. That's the most expensive smell they sell. That, that, that's, that's so many drachmas, so much money, so many. And she poured it out. She didn't just, you know, she poured it out. to fill the whole room. Um, What a waste, Judas said. But Jesus was enjoying the moment. He said, this woman has anointed me for my burial. What she has done will be told for the rest of time. You know, he recognized, he was in the moment. He was grateful, he was grateful to her. Um, He's never in a hurry. Now, he taught us a prayer but we mispray it or I'll say we mislive it. Um, this is the way we usually live. Hurry be thy name. Hurry be thy name. That's not how the prayer goes. The prayer goes, holy be thy name. There's a world of difference for me living, hurry be thy name, versus me living, holy be thy name. And it's, when I live holy be thy name, I discover how to be grateful in all circumstances outside the box. By the way, you know, I like USC, I like UCLA, I I like Berkeley, but they don't know this. That's something they don't know. It's not in the study. It's in the scripture, but it's not in the study. Um, Fourth thing, gratitude grows with specificity you know any of you studying hr and organizational management organizational leadership you know a big part of that is communication skills talking to people if you're a manager your words are what you manage with so make them work well what does scripture tell us you know what do we learn here that gratitude grows with specificity the more specific i am in giving confirmation of something done well the more powerful the effect. If I have little children, if I tell them, oh, you know, Bianca, when you picked up after yourself without even being asked, that makes me so happy to give a very specific confirmation instead of just saying, oh, you're a good girl. Well, she is a good girl, but that doesn't do anything to really help her understand what she's done is the right thing. And our own motivation. hope that makes sense to you. Um, the more powerful we, the specificity, the more powerful uh, the mention of gratitude happens. Now, okay, you've been listening for you know, couple, twenty minutes, something. Um, gratitude doesn't block out suffering, okay? Life has suffering. Um, gratitude never makes problems and threats disappear it doesn't work that way it's not magic but gratitude does give us a lens through which I can see obstacles as opportunities that's powerful to take an obstacle and treat it as an opportunity and gratitude can give you that set of contacts so you can see that Now, uh, I have a number of friends who have um, survived cancer. What I don't like the most is when my friend who survived cancer gets it again, two-timer. And I remember my friend Michael, he said, you know what, Rick? What I would really like, I'd like to get off the church's prayer list. Um, he was living on the church's prayer list with this second battle of cancer. He he survived that one, too. He's doing well. Um, Can we continue to be grateful to the Lord even when we're under the second diagnosis? That's gratitude outside the box. You know, I may have a PhD in historical theology, but my friend has a PhD in gratitude in cancer. Um... Another friend of mine, his mother uh, was approaching 100 years old. That's a pretty big birthday. And, but the closest she got to turning 100, the, she just started sliding in depression. And finally, in the uh, rest home, the facility that she was in, uh, they saw she wouldn't even get out of bed. So they put her on hospice well my friend goes to see and he loves his mom he says mom what is up with you you're about to have a hundred you know how many people get to have a hundred birthday you should be jumping with joy not you know laying in your bed and he didn't talk to his mother very much like this but he did this time and um, she said but everybody I know is dead I'm not dead mom I'm not dead my sister's not dead your grandchildren are not dead? What's up with that? You should be happy. And he kind of gave her a good talking to. And um, you know, a month later, he, she, he, she's in Oregon. He's, he lived in Northern California where I was at the time. And he said he went back to see his mom and he went to her room and it was empty. Now that's kind of scary, it was empty. Um, and he said, where's my mother? Oh, well, she's outside telling the landscaper how to do his job. Uh, you know, when you and I take whatever circumstance we're in and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're still God. You're still sovereign. You still love me to death. You love me. You will not let me go. Please hear my thanks. It may not be the best things in the world, but it's a sacrifice of praise. I give you my thanks. I give you my gratitude. Don't let me go. So, what my God's spirit be saying to you today? It could be, uh-oh, I need to ask God to forgive me for my lack of gratitude. I haven't said thank you in days, maybe in weeks. Ask God to forgive you for your ingratitude. Cry out to Jesus for mercy, whatever you need today. Be like those 10 guys, gals. Jesus, have mercy on me. Um, There is a a hole in Carlsbad Caverns that's called the bottomless hole. And I asked the ranger, why do you call it bottomless? It's got to be a bottom. And he said, well, no human being's ever been to the bottom. Now, I will say to you, God's mercy is bottomless. No human being's ever been to the bottom. If you ask forgiveness, it's there. If you ask forgiveness, it's there. Don't give up on his forgiveness. Get over your pride and ask for forgiveness. Cry out to him whatever your need is today. Thank the Lord for His gracious answer to your cry. Um, you know God hears everything, but I don't think He listens to everything. But He'll listen to that. I don't care how noisy it is on planet Earth. He can hear that. He can hear you. You cry for mercy. I cry out for mercy. Renounce your religiosity and pursue a face-to-face relationship with Jesus. The nine that didn't come back and grab him by the ankles and whisper in the dirt, thank you. They were doing the religious obedience thing, but that guy came back and had a relationship with Jesus. Have a face-to-face relationship. It's way better than religion. Finally, Um, help people find Jesus bring people to Jesus look for opportunities you know I can't wait to tell one of my contractor friends you know you seem to need an IQ boast can I help you with that (laughs) let's talk about being thankful Uh, thankfully my general contractor he is one of the happiest guys I've ever met how about you How about you? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for recreating us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for making a way of salvation for us. For washing away any and all of our sin. For loving us so much, Lord, that you've made a place for us forever with you and made a way to get there in Jesus. Thank you for your spirit coming and speaking into our innermost being so that we can know you are here, you are present, and you care about us. And you will hear us now, Lord. We want you to know that we hear you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Take a minute just to reflect on what we just heard.